Detroit to celebrate my grandma's 50th birthday. I was still bald, except for my chin. I was 20 pounds heavier and tight in the right spots. Rode a Yamaha Star 950 after losing the Suzuki in Flagstaff. The 950 was a squat-seated ride with an air-cooled, fuel-injected V-twin solid mount. I spent a few months longer than I had wanted to in Flagstaff, working every odd job I could to buy the 950. I liked the ride, and the painted deep purple tank, frame, and fenders reminded me of a panther crouching low as it stalked its prey, with me on the back, like some warrior god on the cover of a paperback novel. But that was me, with my overactive imagination and my self-indulgent soul, rock and roll tough guy on a motorcycle. Life on the road gets in a guy's vein. Whenever I think I miss being a rock star, I realize I just miss being on the road. But even a traveler has to go home sometimes. I was cruising along a lonesome stretch of four-lane divided highway in the middle of Iowa cornfields. It was late August, and the stalks were as high as, well, you know. Behind me, a rippling red-orange gumball of a sun seemed to hover on the horizon where the road dipped away into infinity. Every so often I caught a glimpse of the sun in my mirror. I wondered if I was silhouetted against it looking like some apocalyptic iron horseman riding out of the west to all the cars in opposite lanes of traffic. Alone on my bike, my head closed in by the helmet, and my mind sometimes went off on little trips of its own. It wasn't as if I'd forget I was driving, but I did have those moments when out of the blue I'd find myself wondering how I got where I was, because I didn't remember even going anywhere. When these episodes began to happen, I learned to pull off the road and clear my neural pathways, I was coming up on a clover leaf in Waterloo and decided it was time for a break. One of those new multiplex truck stops with stadium lighting around the entire property sat back off the exit ramp, and I rolled into the lot, pulling the bike up to the curb. I took off my helmet and cracked my neck before I stood and stretched my back. About the same time, a couple of truckers came out of the front doors. They had been talking, but stopped their conversation and slowed their pace as they approached me. One of the truckers who had an apple barrel of a belly, chewed a toothpick, while the other, a wrinkle-faced string bean, fished out a pack of gridlock cigarettes, shook one out, and lit it. "'Coffee any good in there, guys?' I asked. "'Yeah,' Toothpick said. "'If you like hot tar.' Gridlock turned his head and laughed, coughing a little of the tar out of his lungs. Toothpick clapped him on the back, and the two wandered away, laughing at their inside joke. For me, it was a little troubling. Truckers and bikers haven't always gotten along. I remember a story on Unsolved Mysteries about the still-open murder case involving a guy on a motorcycle and how his death was linked to some truckers who played a game of run bikers off the road and brag about it. For all I knew, Toothpick and Gridlock were using code words for mashing me into the blacktop. I watched the two go off to their trucks, making notes of cab colors and company names. Every customized extra on a truck is called chrome, even if it isn't metal, and the more distinguishing attributes I could find, the better off I felt about being able to identify them should the Iowa Highway Patrol have to scrape me off the concrete. A blast of really cold air greeted me as I stepped into the convenience mall. It always surprised me that buildings in summer months ran temperatures that in the winter months would make anyone put on a sweater. I was wearing jeans and my black, white, and red leather jacket, and I was shivering but I appeared to be the only one bothered by the chill. Truckers and travelers moved around the aisles in rows of snacks, drinks, and widgets. 
couple of national fast food chains anchored both ends of the expanse. But there in the middle was a good old-fashioned mom-and-pop diner, complete with padded swivel seats and a luncheon counter in front of a greasy grill. I chose traditional and set my helmet on the counter. I had barely squatted when a skinny-legged young and very pregnant teenage girl came over with a glass of ice water and a placemat menu. Burger, medium well, and a thick slice of onion, I told her. Anything to drink? Coffee. Black. The girl winked at me before shouting my order to the cook leaning back against the grill facing. A few minutes later she was back with a greasy patty on a toasted bun, a heaping of fries and a side of slaw. It went down fine. I was in the middle of the last bite when I heard some woman reaming out some poor sap on the other end of her cell phone. That's not what you told me two hours ago, Leon. You said probably a tune-up. No more than an hour, remember?